Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. This is season two. We are now on episode three. Um, if you've missed episode one, where we talk about why you should host a podcast, why you should create a podcast as part of your business or event strategy, please go and check out that. We had some great speakers on there. We had Kayla Parker from Bold, Jason Allen Scott from Copus, and Matt Coyne from Waves. Um, episode two was how to host and create engaging virtual events. Still very much um, the hot topic of the moment. Um, lots of people still producing virtual events while in-person events are coming back. Um, we had two great guests on there um, as part of that session. So go and check out that. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Joel Olandeska from SOS Web IR and Joel is joining me all the way from Calgary. Joel, welcome to today's episode. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you very much. What what time is it is there? Because it's late in the day for me. It's like 3 p.m. here in the UK. So it's right. early yeah, morning. Here, for you, here right? it's uh, a little bit after eight. Okay, that's not too bad then. If you had, have you had your morning coffee? I you had, actually have, you, have it in hand right now. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Had the had the important stuff. I yeah. think I, I can't do coffee at this time, otherwise I, you know, that's it. I'm yeah, cold. <laughs> <laughs> and um I was I was hearing that the the, the weather's quite quite cold where you oh, are. Oh, it is crazy right. cold here right now. I'm trying to stay warm with this cup of coffee. It's it's uh well for for those that are in Celsius, it's minus twenty five plus wind chill, so uh, with wind chill, I think it's feeling like well below minus thirty something. So your, it's uh, it's been a cold, been a cold couple uh, few days, few couple or few days, I guess. What's your top tip for keeping warm then in Calgary? If anybody's visiting this time of year, stay next year. inside. <laughs> <laughs> stay inside. Don't, don't, yeah, if you can stay, yeah, stay inside. Well, Joel. Um, I brought you on today because we're going to be discussing the wonderful world of augmented reality, what that means for the events industry, how it's being utilized and how you're working with customers already to integrate AR activations within their events, and maybe what the bit of the future holds. But before we get into that, I'd really love to ask you um, some quick fire questions. This is something I've kind of introduced in this latest season, um, just as a way to kind of get a sense of who you are and how you're placed in the in the in the world. So sure. my first question to you, Android or iOS? Uh, iOS. Big Mac fanboy? Uh, I've been I wouldn't say I'm a fanboy, but I I've been using um, Mac since the Apple II, Apple IIe. Oh wow. Okay. That, that's I I'm I'm an OG when it comes to Apple, I say. <laughs> do, you, do you, have you still got any of the old like iPhones or iPods or anything kicking around? Have you kept any of it? Because they worth some money right now, right? Uh, yeah. Um, well, we keep them because just because of the nature of what we do, we, okay. we got to test back to a, a certain point, and uh, that's why we have to keep as many old devices as possible. Yeah, make sure it's everything's compatible, right, with all the right. all the iterations and things. Yeah, something yeah. most people don't think about. Okay, second question. Virtual or in person? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, I in person for sure. Mm -hmm. In person, okay. virtual if needed, but definitely in person. See, the political answer would have been hybrid, right there. Right, but it would have been. <laughs> that's not. I, I'm an in person guy, right? This is where I've been. In, uh, this is how I got into the events industry. It was all about in person. I see the virtues. That's right. I see the benefits of virtual, but my yeah. heart 
comfortable always being kind of meeting people face to face and connecting with them. But it'd be interesting to see how that changes. Maybe maybe people's opinions change over time. I think, um, I, think I might know the answer to this one, but cocktails or coffee? Oh, see, uh, I would say coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coffee for sure. Have you ever had a coffee cocktail? Oh, many times. I <laughs> see. That's the that's the perfect blend there. That's when you can have coffee later on in the evening, right? Because yeah. it's like, hey, it's a it's a it's a beverage. It's a, see, we it's could a call beverage. that a hybrid, couldn't we? We could, yeah, the hybrid drink. Hybrid um, <laughs> and my last question: this is one. This one does require a little bit more thought. If you could bring back one dead celebrity or person oh, wow. and spend the day with that person, who would it be? Hmm. Wasn't expecting this one. That's a deep mm. one for this time for me, for the morning. Um, geez. No. I can come back to that at the end. We can Let's come back, come to, back that. to that at the end. Maybe yeah? I'll be able okay. to think some. <laughs> I should have given you a heads up on that one because that one does take a while. That's a very tough one. All right, Joel, give <laughs> us a little bit of, you know, how did you get started in the industry? Like, how, how did you first end up in events? Yeah, um, so... Uh, I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and um, I I would say I fell into the events industry, uh, and that's mainly because when I when we started SOS eight years ago, uh, we didn't know exactly where it fell uh, until I started to speak with a number of individuals that I know who are who are already in the events industry at that time. Um, but I'll tell you, like once once we figured out where we fit uh, as an event supplier, as an event vendor company, uh, we went right into it, and so that's how I got started in the events industry. Was really out of a out of a personal need. So attending events back in the day um, when I worked corporate a corporate role, um, and attending conferences and and trade shows and having to travel and whatnot and. That was that's really where SOS was born. Was there was an idea that came up while I was at these events, um, not being able to charge my phone whenever I needed to, um, and not being able to charge my phone easily. Uh, and that's where SOS Charging Solutions, the base of our company, um, that's what uh, that's what's been around for the eight years. That's where that started. Um, and then over time, I got really involved in terms of volunteering. So I'm. I'm also a volunteer with the International Live Events Association. So at the local level, um, I came in as sort of a subcommittee, worked my way through a number of different roles. Uh, I was president of the Calgary chapter 2018, 2019. Uh, and I currently sit as the chair of ILEA Canada. So that's that's my volunteer slash full-time role. <laughs> I don't want to call it that. Um, and then... Um, we sort of have a, a pre-pandemic, post-pandemic story now because because of SOS Web AR. Uh, SOS Web AR came about, uh, I would say, even like a few years ago, like pre-pandemic. We started to look at ways to level up the branding on our charging stations. Um, and that's when I started to do a bit of digging into augmented reality. And when I was looking at it at that time, there were a number of hurdles that we kept running into in terms of how to deploy it and how to get it running and how to get attendees at events onto AR. Um, and then of course the pandemic hit and that put a stop to anything physical happening. So our uh, mobile device charging side of the company came to a full halt 
And then we were able to bring a lot of time and effort into moving the augmented reality part of our business. And that's where SOS WebVR was really born. It was it became its own thing once we really dug into it a bit more and start to figure out where it fit in the market, uh, how it could be used by uh, both sides of the of the event. So, you know, whether it's the organizers or the attendees and here we are now it's it's become this um sort of this monster of 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 a business in terms of being able to keep up with the with the demand which is great really appreciate that side of it um, but also trying to keep up with the technology because because of how quickly that side of it is moving right yeah absolutely so just going back to something you said there, you your first initial, um, you started really looking into AR um, as an application to up the branding um, capabilities on your charging um, systems or kiosks. I, I can't remember the exact words that you use. Mm-hmm. Was that an element, was that a, a way for attendees to engage with them or get extra information or was it more like maybe this could be a sponsorship activation for event organizers and the way that they kind of sell or, or cover the costs of those hire and those solutions like what was the idea behind yeah actually everything that? you mentioned is is where the ideas rolled around so um with our mobile device charging stations they're they're tabletop they're self-powered uh, they're not large kiosks or large tables or pieces of furniture um they, they actually sit on top of anywhere you need them to be placed, whether it's indoor or outdoor, um, and they can sit on tables or uh, really where anywhere is where we've been. We've seen them placed everywhere and anywhere. Um, but each of these, we have two main products that we that we use, and one uses sort of static image, imagery on it, so vinyl. Uh, they're vinyl wrapped. And then the, the other one has two LCD screens, one on each side, so that, that was sort of the iteration of how we were able to provide a way for, well, with SOS charging, we like to say we um, we keep people charged up. So we um, we charge, we brand was a big part of it. Most important thing was we were bringing people together. So we were seeing people gather around our charging stations. And that's what it became known as in the industry. It, was become, it took over the term water cooler, right? So um, when people were gathered around it, anybody obviously with their eyes on it, we're getting exposed to different branding. And that was, whether that was the event's brand or a sponsor's brand, um, that's that's where the effect was coming in, right? So um, we were always looking at what was the next level in terms of being able to provide that branding for sponsors or for advertisers or even for the events. Um, and also to enhance the event attendees experience um, so I started to think, well, what if what if somebody was, you know, plugging their phone in, chatting with someone, but at the same time, they could make this charger come alive or make a, a, a brand's logo come alive or have a CEO pop out of it, sort of like Princess Leia style, um, using augmented reality. That's where my mind was going a few years ago. Um, but again, like I said, we were running into a lot of hurdles back then. Um, compared to how we how we can deploy AR now. So what what's changed then since then? Is it the is the technology or the systems that you use to be able to build these AR experiences? Have has they come down in production costs, or has the technology got more accessible? Like what's what's made that difference mm-hmm. between when you first started out and it'd be quite challenging to 
what I hear, like quite you know an, an amazingly successful business now in in short in a short space of time, relatively. Yeah, the, the, I keep mentioning the word hurdle, and and to us, um, the the largest hurdle was is an app. So app based augmented reality to us, we consider that a hurdle. Uh, reason being, if you can imagine, if you attend Event Tech Live, for example. And you see one of our charging stations and you say, oh, cool, there's there's augmented reality on here. But then there's a very small piece of wording that says, well, first you have to download the app. <laughs> you have to download SOS's app in order to experience Adam coming out and saying hi to everybody. I'm going to think two things. I'm going to say, mm, no, thank you. It's okay because I know what's going to happen if I download an app and use it once, right? It's going to stay on my phone for years till I get my new phone. And then it's just bogging down memory and all this stuff. And then later on, I'll see it and I'll be like, well, okay, I'm going to make it jiggle and then disappear. But that might not be for a while because I'm, I'm like that. I'm sort of a hoarder of apps <laughs> on my devices. It takes forever for me to get rid of them. Um, so that was, the, that was the main thing that we kept running into is we kept going to a lot of our partners and, and, um, and the industry and saying, we're starting to look at AR. This is what you can do with it. This is the potential of it. They're saying that's cool, but right. So they were on the same, they're on the same page as us. Is there's the you know the the app is a huge hurdle. Um, not only that, but in terms of cost of having to build an app and maintain an app, and then and that's just the app itself. And then when you have to create all the augmented reality content to put into that app, um, it just kept like the the hurdles just kept getting higher and higher it started to become like, you know, it was like a, a pole vault event all of a sudden rather than hurdles. Right. So, <laughs> um, so we we're having to, to face that part of it, but then in the summer, about summer of 2019, um, mid 2019 web-based augmented reality came up. So that's why in our name, it's very, it specifically says web ARs because um, everything that you see um, activated by SOS on the augmented reality end is web-based. So you're literally scanning an app or tapping on a link and it's taking you to a mobile browser on your phone or your mobile device and you're immediately experiencing augmented reality, which um, completely removes, like I said, and maybe this will be the last time I say it. It completely removes the hurdles that we that we've experienced in the past. We'll play hurdle bingo, hurdle bingo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just let me dig into that, Joel. Then, so I guess it sounds to me very similar to iOS create bringing in QR code recognition into like the existing camera app, right? Like right. that solution there. It's an it's an existing app. There's no additional downloads. There's nothing fancy. It's something that people probably use on, a, on a, an extremely regular basis as part of their, their, their phone or their device. They've just integrated the, abil the ability to recognize that. So does, does your technology or are you able to leverage that technology in the same way that that camera or the aperture recognizes the what's being displayed in front of them as an AR experience mm -hmm. and therefore can then launch that as a as a as an experience right for that person on whatever mobile device or like maybe ipad or something that they're using yeah exactly. you understand that right right yeah yeah okay. yeah so what does the what does that mean for like the future adoption rates of this kind of activation at events like how are you working with 
brands and organizers and corporates and things to be able to because i guess i guess the hardest thing is still to be able to communicate that to an attendee or to that to a participant of like hey this act this this is an experience here and this is how you do it like so how how is how have you been able to work to make that very transparent and clear to people of how they engage with that is that still like traditional like hey here's a sign and here's an explanation or is, is there something else kind of at play? Yeah, um, I think because, well, it, AR isn't, it's not a new technology. We always say that. it's It's been around for a number of years. Um, but because of, because of how it's been used and deployed previously at events, a lot of attendees are, they're not just, they're not used to seeing it. Um, so there, there is a, there is still a lot of communication that needs to happen for sure. And we always make sure that with anybody that we work with is make sure you communicate that, you know, the, yes, there's a QR code there. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that definitely came out of the pandemic was the resurgence of QR codes, at least in North America, QR codes have become a thing again. Um, and I know overseas, it's always been, it's always been there and it's always been used overseas, but in North America, when when the pandemic hit QR codes because of the touchless part of it, right? Um, it became a thing. And so now if anybody sees a QR code, they're inclined to scan it and they're ready to go and do stuff with it. But normally on the other end of those QR codes is, is usually just a website, right? Whether it be, uh, you know, the, but, uh, the schedule for the event or, um, maybe some sort of a landing page. Um, but it, it does take a lot of people by surprise when stuff starts happening in front of their eyes on their mobile device with the AR. So there is a lot of communication involved, like you're saying. It's um, and that's one of the things that we're really working hard on is to is to create enough experiences within the events industry using AR so that when you when you attend an event, there's always you're you're almost looking for it, right? So um, I know with our charging, for example, it became it sort of became a thing where it was like, is SOS here? Because I know my phone's going to die at some point. Um, we sort of want people to look at the AR to say, oh, my goodness, like if I see a, if I see a large mural when I'm walking into a convention center, is there a QR code on that mural or somewhere around it? Because I know if I see a QR code, that mural is likely to come alive with AR. Quick example. Yeah, that's such a great idea, like making it, part of people's just natural habits to start yeah. looking out for these QR codes or activations or some kind of form of recognize. I guess what would be really cool if there was some kind of like universal symbol for AR, right? Like yeah, that, that, like, be, that you could put in the yeah. center of a QR code or something like that. So sort like, of like there's like little icons maybe that people can sort of recognize that. They, yeah. And then they know that, oh, okay, there's definitely AR in there not going to take you to a, a restaurant menu <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they want the restaurant menu let's be oh, honest everybody wants everybody wants good catering and the, yeah. good, the good shouts <laughs> when they're going to events yeah. and exhibitions how important do you think then joel that companies like samsung apple and, and and other technology providers maybe like microsoft and others that are out there it seems to me that it's they're kind of almost the driving force to a degree in adoption because it's when they roll out new technologies i know there's been recent news um, or headline news of like Apple's venture into AR, VR with 
from what I can see, are going to be some really expensive, some really expensive hardware. If if the if the other reporters are right, like, do you see them being a big proponent in user adoption and therefore the ability for us to adopt this and use it more widely in the event and experience kind of sectors? Or do you think we'll be able to do it even without kind of like maybe Apple and Samsung really pushing on, on the AR envelope? Yeah, it's I, I definitely think the manufacturers have a huge role in it, but I don't think they play the, the biggest role. I, I think that there's a number of different areas that we need to consider, right? So the device itself, of course, the manufacturers, they play a huge role in it because the easier it is to use it on the device, then it, the easier it is for the, the end user. Um, but we're, we're hitting this point where everything's, it's almost a perfect storm when it comes to all of this new, all these new realities that we all keep talking about, right? We're sort of hitting that perfect storm or that perfect time for it to come because, um, networks play a huge role in it. So beyond Wi-Fi, we're starting to see 5G, um, and depending on where you're at, 5G is even faster than Wi-Fi. So People are, you know, if you go into a, to a conference and you forget to turn on your Wi-Fi, you likely don't even notice anymore because that 5G signal is so good and so quick. And that's playing a huge role, right? Because if, if, if your signal is, is not up to par, then your AR experience is not up to par. So there's two things right there. So the, the device itself, manufacturer, and also the signal. But I think we play a, a bigger role in that too is in terms of uh, event professionals. So if we want anybody to feel, um, if we want them to feel very comfortable with the different things that we're rolling out, such as augmented reality, we need to be able to present it in a way that's nice and simple. And that's one thing that we pride ourselves on, or one thing that we're very proud of at SOS is we have the ability to take very complicated, seemingly complicated technologies like augmented reality um, and we simplify it down for the end user and also for our, everybody that we get to work with so that they can look at it and say, okay, I thought, I thought we had to spend huge budgets on this. And I thought we had to figure out how to code augmented reality. And then on the end users end, we thought they had to do this, that to experience it. Whereas, um, just over the past couple of years of experiencing, we've, we've really simplified it down and really boiled it down to a point where, when you work with us, it's, or when you work with any web-based augmented reality company, really, it's the, a lot of the complicated stuff is done on the back end, um, so that on on your end, it's it's quick, it's simple, and it's it's uh, easily deployable. Um, so going back to your original question, I, like I said, there's it's sort of a sort of a trifecta, right? So you've got you've got the manufacturers of the devices themselves that we're using that we all have. There's like Everybody has one of these in their pocket or next to them on their desk. Why not take advantage of that technology? The networks are becoming more and more quicker and better. And then, of course, the event side of it or the marketing side, right? So Because it's huge for the marketing industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the way that I see AR, and it's interesting at the moment because there's lots of there's lots and lots of news about like things like meta and the metaverse and mm -hmm. that being the next destination. But as I see it, people need kind of like, I would imagine or my opinion is that lots of people will need a bridge, something to get them into that next 
destination, that next realm of uh, yeah. reality. Yeah. And I think AR seems to be that gateway. It seems to be that it will be that layer of experience and, and things that don't exist in reality, but layered upon top of reality. So they get a sense of what is possible. And I think for many people, that will be how they end up then fully getting involved in virtuality in terms of immersive so experience yeah. or gaming or things like that. Yeah. Because we're taking them on, on a small journey out. We're going like, you currently exist and maybe we give them utility it's like here's here's a here's a cool experience of a, a trade show or here's a cool cool experience in tgi fridays because they have an AOX <laughs> experience for the kids now every time they you know have a meal or something like that and that's part of the that's part of the experience of going for dinner or lunch with your family is that the kids get entertained as well and as more and more of that happens then people will be like okay maybe virtual reality is not so scary because yeah. it's just more of this rather than it feeling. I think for a lot of people, like personally for my wife, asking her to go and jump into virtual reality, I might as well ask her to jump off a cliff. <laughs> it would be that alien yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I see it really as a, as, as a massive gateway. And I think as technology does empower us as, as individual users, yeah. um, it'll become more apparent and it'll become more socially acceptable. I guess for people just to stop randomly in the middle of like walkways and hold the cameras up and kind of like and and experience yeah. I mean, it's cool right because it's it's funny it, you probably saw me smiling because um, Mike on our team who's our coder he he says all the time that that AR is sort of the gateway drug into the meta yeah into the metaverse because you're right and exactly what you just said that that's totally what we're experiencing right now we don't need to be wrapped up in goggles yet quite yet all the time. Um, but being able to experience these small things, and if you think about it, over the last decade or so, uh, we've all been, we've all sort of been getting groomed into it, right? Because anytime we apply a filter to our face, that's AR. That's how simple as it gets. Anytime we, you know, anytime we apply a Zoom filter, if you're using Zoom during a, a virtual event, or a, a, that's AR. So. We're already using it. It's just a matter of how we use it and how we apply it. I can see, you know, like that black tie gala dinner kind of environment and everybody gets dressed up, but everybody kind of looks the same a little bit, don't they? Like yeah. everybody's like, you know, especially the guys, probably the black black tucks and the and the bow tie. And, you know, maybe there's a flare of color or something and, or maybe something somebody's got the, the high-end suit on or something like that. But we all kind of look the same. This could be a great way to layer on experience of everybody bringing their like alter persona or maybe yeah. their, their avatar. And, and as part of that, you get to see people in a really cool, expressive way in oh, those yeah. environments and things like that, but still get the element of the elegance and the smartness. And, right. You know, yeah. all of that kind of stuff that people go to these kind of events and functions for, right? Like, oh, that would be such a cool, engaging way to be able for my attendees to create like a little persona for that event. And people can kind of tune in and out of the AR experience as they're kind of coming into it and out of it and stuff. I, I think that would be cool. That's what I like about it is, is it's um, all the ideas, obviously, that you have, that anybody has really the potential that you can get with AR. Um but the ability to turn it on and off when when you choose to, because um, even right now when we work with anybody, a lot of the activations that we do, they don't last more than 60 seconds. And there's a reason for that, right? There's that sort of that sweet spot where you want somebody to experience something really cool, something effective, 
you're um, fulfilling business objectives with the augmented reality. If you don't want them on there for five minutes, like a 60 second activation can do way more um, when somebody either walks into an event or even virtual right now. And there's, there's, I could talk about this for a while, but there's like that bridge between how AR can be used effectively in hybrid situations and how you can tie the audience that way. So we've been talking to a lot of um, planners and producers and they're saying, we're trying to figure out how to, how to keep the virtual audience engaged at the same time as the live audience. And that AR play can play a huge role in that. And we've seen it uh, in a number of examples now where you can have the same experience played out, whether you're at home or at the event itself. And it's, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's a very effective way of tying those two audiences together. Could you, could you give us an example, maybe Joel, of, um, and I appreciate maybe there's NDAs with certain companies and all that kind of stuff, but maybe, and I know this is hard because we're on a podcast and everything's visual <laughs> these days, but maybe you could paint the picture for those that are listening on like a customer you worked with, what they ended up having as an experience, what the objectives of that AR activation were, sure. and maybe, you know, if you can remember any data, results, statistics, anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm throwing this at you, so if you can't, don't worry, but I think it'd be great to kind of give an example of what an AR experience at an event for maybe an exhibitor or a company might look like ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can give you one um, one event, and I'm using this one because it it ties it does both the sort of the pre during post event um, journey for attendees. So we worked with uh, uh, we got to work with Tourism Calgary back in October um, for an event in Toronto for CME Expo, um, and I, I got to give I always give props to to TC for what they did because they. They were trying to think of ways to really enhance the experience for attendees at their booth that were coming by um, at the trade show. So they um, they started to explore augmented reality, and that's when they came to us to work with with them on on sort of building that booth out. So they had a they had a huge booth. It was a thirty by thirty, so massive, right, in terms of of space at a trade show. So they they. The first thing they did was they came to us and they said, we have this watercolor silhouette of downtown Calgary with mountains in the background. So if you're familiar with Calgary, we're very close to the mountains. It plays a huge role in tourism around here. Um, our downtown plays a huge role. The whole city does, obviously. But they wanted this image to come alive using AR. And they, they basically said, what can we do with that? Uh, and we said, well, we can make this, this, this happen. And they said, perfect, that's good. They gave us... I'm really shortening the timelines and story around here, but um, they gave us uh, a good amount of creative freedom around what to do with this. But what they ended up doing was they took this image and they blew it up to be a 20 foot by uh, eight foot um, background to their trade show booth. So you can imagine this thing took over a good amount of their trade show. So as you were approaching the booth, you could not miss this thing. It was huge. Um, and of course, next to this beautiful wall color or watercolor painting was a QR code with some instructions on it. Scan the QR code, turn up your sound, keep your camera pointed at the image. And in front of the watercolor, this 20-foot watercolor, there were paint splotches that people could stand on. And that basically gave them points of where to 
where to where to stand and you could have multiple people experiencing this AR activation at the same time. So when you played, sorry, when you pointed your camera at the watercolor, this watercolor then came alive and gave the theme behind the booth was a million reasons to to bring your event to Calgary. Of course, they we asked them to choose five major reasons and those five major reasons were then embedded into the AR act activation and those AR activations start to really come alive. So one of them, for example, was to talk about some UNESCO sites. Um, our uh, dinosaur provincial park here in Alberta is is one of the UNESCO sites. So what we used as an icon for that was was a, a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So on your computer screen, when we were designing everything, it was this little, you know, five inch dinosaur. But when you blew it up to a 20 foot by eight foot wall mural, that dinosaur became a 12 foot dinosaur. So you could see people reacting to it. So that's what they did with the background, but they also incorporated 360 degree AR experiences within their booth to take people on augmented reality tours of a handful of uh, event spaces in Calgary and, and communities. So um, using the our platform or not our platform, but our technology as well, using SOS Web AR, we were able to drop um, meeting and event planners into these different spaces where they could then spin around using their mobile device and they could view what these different um, venues look like. So they could actually place themselves in the city, which of course, business objective, let's get your event over to Calgary, which worked very well. Where it, where it, where it worked beyond that in terms of the, the hybrid part of it was post-event, they took that 20 foot by eight foot wall mural, shrunk it down to um, a postcard sized image and then mailed that out to everybody post-event. So all of the attendees. So that was that was a great way to to say, hey, remember us. And also, hey, remember that really cool activation you did? You can relive that over and over if, as long as you want. Um, so, you know, like frame it or whatever, put it on your desk. If you're having a, a bad day, scan Tourism Calgary's postcard and get tons of reasons to come to Calgary. <laughs> there's, there's so much in that. I think it's such a great creative way to do something that's more than just exhibit, right? Like, yeah, okay, the event works. Um, we know it's got the audience, but like, how do how do we get them to remember us? How do we get them to go away from that event and talk to their friends and their colleagues about us, right? Like, yeah. You know, don't actually, I'll, I'll, sorry to cut you off, but even no. even at the event, um, they were able to accomplish the whole effect of tell your friends about it and bring them back. Mm -hmm. So we were um, we were witnessing we were witnessing people scan, go through the experience, chat with a bit with the team, with the TC team, and then run off, grab a couple of friends, bring them back to the booth to experience it with them. So then there is now a talking point, right? There was a talking point, and then there was also an increase in audience that wasn't expected. So there was that. Um, oh, to talk a quick, very quickly about the data part of it, um, anything that's activated, obviously, with augmented reality or anything that, there's analytics getting tracked on the back end. Um, and what I was saying earlier is so, so their activation, their, their mural, 
was only meant to be a 60 second activation. Um, post event when we ran the analytics, um, we were seeing that everybody was staying on there for about a minute and a half. So they were actually a, staying a bit longer than it intended. Um, so there's that part. And then I, if I recall correctly, they were averaging about two scans per person. So they were doubling the audience that they were getting um, with that augmented reality experience. See, and those are real metrics that people can actually then quantify on ROI, right? Like right. how much dwell time do people spend with us? The fact that they're coming back and engaging twice, that rarely happens at trade shows on exhibition booths unless that person coming back to that booth is you know, knows that company well, maybe they're an existing right. customer or, or, yeah. or, or just someone connected to somebody on the booth. Like I can imagine companies like Philips, Nike, those kind of companies that activate on these stands, they're looking for huge impact. They're looking for lots of brand engagement and brand advocacy and things like that. Like that's like tangible data points for them, right? In terms of just like people's time. And people's time is the most valuable yeah. thing that anybody on this planet has because it's finite. It's like if you're coming back to us, if you're coming back to a standard trade show, you really like what they've got, what they're offering there. Yeah. And then just, you know, the additional, like taking that that one step next and, and kind of remember reminding people about that activation. One of my friends who worked for a, a large, large electrical contractor wholesaler once told me that the biggest chip marketing advantage change was when they stopped focusing on providing trinkets and takeaways for their customers and started giving them things for their children because <laughs> what happened there was yeah. when it got into the home and it became an experience or something for their children it hung around and right. that's you know it was just one of those toys or maybe something like it like something like this that could quite easily be like then created for the for children or as a as a maybe a child's experience as well like you're gonna stick but you're gonna keep that around like kids love that kind of stuff right oh, so yeah. Yeah. i think that's such a great idea to extend the lifespan of that investment when it comes to that experience and and and, and miniaturize it down and send it as a follow-up i think that's that's such a such a brilliant idea joel do, do you do you imagine that this will become kind of one of those ubiquitous things at events for for companies that are exhibiting on scale that they're They'll incorporate these kind of experiences within their within their build, within their activation, just to get the maximum value out of out of that audience. Yeah, definitely, I think so. Um, there's, it's just the 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 very cool thing about AR is is you can deploy it using you know a small device. You don't have to put a sixty inch, eighty inch TV in your booth, for example. Um, that's one thing. And then obviously like the, it's, and the, the, I think I mentioned it earlier, like the, the stuff you can imagine with AR, it, because it's overlaying computer graphics onto the real world, anything that can be built, you know, graphically can be done. Um, if, if somebody says, can I, can I make, can I take my character? Can I take Adam and turn him into a, uh, um, a metaverse looking avatar and have Adam now pop out of the floor in front of me when I enter the, the conference hall, can that be done? Quick answer. Yes, it can be done. Right. So anything that so you sort of imagine in terms of taking 
an attendee through that journey through the that event um it can be it can be used in a number of different and you can use it all throughout right like and we always say and there's always that because it's such a cool tool cool tool <laughs> because it's such a a neat technology um Everybody always just starts to think, okay, let's let's do something really fun. And but we always had, we we sometimes need to, you know, take people a few steps back and say, okay, with, let's talk business objectives and let's talk about, you know, what you're also presenting to me or what we're also talking about can be easily just done via a website. So do you really need AR in that case, right? AR doesn't need to be used for every single thing that we can think of, even though that would be neat. Um, but really at the end of the day we still we still want it to to be uh um, to a degree you know a, a specific experience within within that uh, attendees experience or some marketing campaign whatever it may be i think one of the things that strikes me for this um this comes from a trade show organizing a trade show is that by utilizing something like this though you almost get to extend your real estate when it comes to the show floor right you can the the, the environment around you becomes your canvas and the way oh, you yeah. can tell your story yeah. and things like that so like it's a really interesting way to maximize um exposure at the event without necessarily just investing in more square footage at the show yeah and um everybody's always looking for that way to engage their audience pre-event for example why not send something out with an ar experience embedded into it pre-event get everybody excited that way and that that actually was one of the ways that a lot of companies were using it um when everything was locked out when everything was strictly virtual that's what we were doing is we were helping all those kits that we were getting at home you know, with um, swag inside of it and, and all those little trinkets. On top of those boxes, we were creating AR experiences so that when you received it at home, you were given the signal to scan that QR code and something would happen on top of it. And and seeing stuff pop out of a, a flat surface and, and, and getting it animated in 3D and having maybe a a CEO pop up to, to say hello to everybody before you open up that that box. That was that was a huge generator in terms of um, something to talk to talk about to get people engaged. You know, like before everybody jumped onto the virtual platform, people were talking about those experiences, right? So it was there was that link to, you know, like when when we all meet up with everybody at an event. If I'm if I'm meeting somebody I don't know, one of the immediate things I look for is some sort of similarity or not similarity, but something something to talk about. Um, maybe something we have in, in, in what do you call it? <laughs> what am I trying to say? Something that we're uh, both familiar with, right? Did you experience that? Yes, I did. Oh, how, what did you think about it? So it, it started to help start conversations or that kind of thing. I think the, it's an uh, icebreaker is the, is the word that you're probably looking for. That's icebreaker. what it does. Yeah. Common, <laughs> yeah. common icebreaker. icebreaker yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of questions that I think probably most people listening or watching this episode back, um, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight for the. I'm gonna go straight for the cost, the budget. Like, for many kind of those the, those leading edge technologies, the ones that they're not familiar with, the 
the impression is that he's always going to be like, you know, a huge expense and possibly even out of the reach of them mm -hmm. as an event organizer or as an exhibitor. Um, like, you know, how how do you budget for these experiences? And I know it's probably as long as like, well, what does the experience entail? How long do you right, have to yeah. work on it? But, um, you know, what what's your advice there when people are kind of researching this? What's a, what's a realistic kind of entry point? And then at what point would you be would you be questioning if somebody asked you for let's say $150,000, $200,000 like at what level would you have to be to go well I'm not sure whether you're going to get extra it is what's the what, what's the word at a certain point you get diminishing returns right so for every 100,000 right. you earn, you get a, like a 1% like move of the dial so like yeah. what's your advice there on terms of budget well in terms of budget so we we thought about this quite a bit when we rolled out SOS WebAR. Um, and it was because of the experience we we came across in, in wanting to deploy AR on for ourselves. Um, and also sort of knowing the industry uh, and talking to a number of, of people in the industry. We we did a lot of research. We talked to a lot of and that you know that's that's one of the great things about being in this industry, being a part of ILEA, for example, is we were able to reach out to people overseas into the U.S. all across Canada and saying, when you've considered AR in the past and when you consider AR in the future, what do you look like? What, where does your, what are you thinking of? Like, just give me a number, right? So we were taking those numbers and we were just getting, we we're getting amazed at those numbers saying, thinking, you know, if, if that's where our industry is going in terms of being able to deploy this really useful technology for education, for advertising, for marketing, for um, branding, it's never going to be adopted. It's just never going to be adopted because those numbers are, were way too high. So we, we have made it a goal of ours to... Um, to do two things with ARs, one to make it simple. I mentioned that earlier already, and two to make it to make it um, cost effective or or friendly, cost friendly for for anybody that's working with us. So we're not looking at six figure numbers. We're not looking at like massive. We know what it takes to to run an event. We know where um, budgets have to go. We know what is involved in taking an event attendee from point a to point z at that event we don't need to we don't need to to look at ar as one of those things that's going to take up that majority of that budget so um you know we're when when anybody comes to us and says what is this going to cost you without going into details just because i don't know what those things like without going into specific like project details it's it's i can tell you it, it's um it's totally in line with you know, two figure numbers, like they're not even, everybody sort of looks at, it looks at the numbers that we present them and they're like, okay, we can do that because that is way below what we thought it would be. That's normally what we hear from, from everybody we get to work with. But we did that on purpose though, because we, we think with this technology, if, if, like I already said, if we want people to adopt technologies and different concepts within our industry, we need to make it accessible to them. We can't keep it like we can't keep it out of the out of reach. Like, how do you expect anybody to really jump onto that concept, right? 
Like I the think big play, the big, we can't leave everything. We obviously things things are gonna fit where they need to fit. So if it's a six figure budget that you've put towards augmented reality for an activation, you likely already thought about that. You've been thinking about that for a long time, and you've really researched it quite a bit to be able to put that that amount of a budget towards it. But you don't really even need to go there. Yeah, I would imagine as well if. A company approaches it in the same way that maybe Calgary did and think about it like, right, the, so this can we, we can incorporate this into an event. Maybe they maybe they're going traveling and doing multiple events as, as a, you know, a way to attract more people to Calgary. Um, so maybe they're going to more international trade shows. Maybe they adopt that in kind of the format and the way that they produce their activations there. So their booth builds or maybe other additional kind of, maybe they don't exhibit at one company, but at, at one event, but they maybe do a sponsorship and a mural around the entrance. And this is incorporated again into that activation. So they're, they're incorporating into the, the entire way that they're marketing their business. Maybe they're doing the kind of the gifts that go to home. Maybe they do an outdoor billboard or something at an event or another kind of activation. Then all of a sudden you, you're reutilizing the asset aren't you so you're getting economies of scale like okay maybe even if oh, you yeah. spend yeah. 100k for on, sure. on creating that content if you use it across 10 events then actually it's in real world it's cost 10k yeah you're actually getting yeah. more value out of it right and i can mm -hmm. i can tell you right away like the average cost of when i look at what we did just in 2021 like the average cost across the board um sat anywhere between 10k and 15k like that, that's just throwing out a a quick number. If anybody's like, here, this guy's just not giving numbers. <laughs> they're gonna hold you to that now, Joel. They're gonna be on the phone. And they're gonna be like, you said I could have this for ten k. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on average, that's what it was. Like, it, and and um, like I said, like when we were looking at having to build an app and having to create AR on top of that app, the numbers were. Talk to anybody, right? Anybody that's you know, explored AR in the past or explored having to build an app for, well, they know what those numbers are. And I, I see the, I see the benefits of like the approach. Like I said earlier, like maybe you can go with a smaller booth build because you've got more digital yeah. real estate to work with. So that's, that's not only saving you bottom line, but it's a more sustainable approach. Maybe there's other. Maybe you're not printing leaflets and brochures. You're kind of encouraging the your yeah. yeah, exactly. It's you're... sustainable. Yeah, that's another absolutely. Part of it. So yeah, I think it's I think it's all about mindset, right? Like, right. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are people out there that would be like, "This is gimmicky. It's not for me. I don't want to put my budget there. I want to put it over here and try and test a leaflet brochure printing. You know, all that kind of good stuff." But for me, I think, yeah, if we want to approach things in a more sustainable way, if we want to approach things in a more creative way, then AR, as that technology becomes more commonplace with people, with their day-to-day -day lives, then almost like I could imagine a point in time where if we're not kind of incorporating some type of AR experience or way of accessing information, we might actually be the companies or individuals that kind of like stick out from the crowd and we're like, oh, they, they don't have anything. So maybe that'll become yeah, the new thing. True. Yeah. I don't know. But right now it's the opposite, right? Like the, a lot of the companies that we're that we that we've gone to work with is they're doing it because they want to show that they're forward thinking and that they're using technologies that aren't aren't um, you know, the the norm or or yeah, the norm right now. Um, 
I want to quickly address your your comment about people thinking it's gimmicky. So I'll, I'm going to just throw out some stats, right, in terms of AR, around AR. So if you think it's gimmicky, um, let me tell you this. AR, based on research done, um, is AR is more um, involved in TV and online browsing. It's, it's up to 45% gets more involvement. Um, the next stat that I'm going to give you is, is the big, is the kicker in my opinion. So you get an up, up to a 70% uplift in, in memory encoding or 70% uplift in the ability for somebody to recall information the first time when you're incorporating AR. So when, if you're thinking about it in the use of education, in the use of a brand putting out a new product or a piece of information for their audience. When you incorporate AR into that, the ability for me to recall that up to 70%, that's huge when it comes to being first to market with something or being first to market with a piece of information. If I'm, if I'm walking down a street and I've never seen a brand before, but I figure out there's AR involved with it and I experienced that AR and then three weeks later, I have the ability to recall that that easily. That's huge for that company, right? So um, it's it. I can see how people think it's gimmicky right now. And I, I always like to say that's our industry's fault because all our industry really likes to talk about when it comes to AR is Pokemon Go, which, which is great. Like that company is huge. The, com the company behind it is hugely successful and what they've accomplished is successful, but um, that's not the best case use scenario for our industry, right? There's definitely ways that this has been used now over the last few years um, that have been very, very effective for for people that are using it. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like to challenge people when they say, not you specifically, I'm just saying like in general, anybody that thinks that AR is, is not um, going to be a big part of their future. It's, it's, uh, come talk to me. Cause I think we could have a great conversation about that. I, I, I have to agree with you. I think AR will be such a normal part of life within the next decade. It will become, you mentioned it earlier, like in different regions, if you, if we look over to like the APAC region, the QR code is like everywhere, right? Isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you access information, menus, tickets, you pay for things, all the, like it's been fully adopted. At the end of the day, companies like Apple, Samsung, others, they are integrating these as feature sets, as reasons to buy their products because of the way that, you know, look at AR WebKit and things like that. And, and right. if anybody's listening to this that don't, doesn't know what AR WebKit is, it's Apple's kind of proprietary kind of development platform for you to be able to create AR you know, experiences and things like that on. But they're, into, they're, they're fundamentally incorporating that into their technology because they understand that this is the future of information access and experience across the globe, right? It will be the the uni, it will almost be a universal language as the way that we take our devices and access content and information from from the events or other things. Maybe when we go shopping, maybe when we buy a t-shirt that comes with an experience. That's the way that brands will engage their their consumers, their audience, their, their, their brand advocates in the future. That's how the people we get rewarded probably. Um, and I see, um, you know, we're talking, there's a lot of talk about things like crypto and NFTs and that being the future of things. I think this is as going to be important. And I would, I would almost edge my bets like 
I'm a fan of crypto and NFTs and blockchain. And so am I. That that, that's, an, that's another episode that we can Yeah. <laughs> but if, can, I, if I was you, an investor, you, I, would oh, be, I would probably be investing more in the AR side of things because I think it's got more use cases more rapidly with a, more, a stronger yeah. adoption from people who already have iPhones and, you know, the, the S22 in their hands and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. Before we before we go, Joe, um, Joel, where can um, where can people check out the um, Calgary experience? Is that something that they can kind of check out on their desktop with their phones and things like that? Is there a way for them to get that experience? We have. Um, you wouldn't be able to experience it, but there's a there's a video of the experience on our Vimeo page. Awesome. Okay. Um, and I could provide you with that link. We will we will link to that or embed this as part of the the show notes on this podcast because I think I think you know we're certainly talking about this and hopefully lots of people are listening in um, not necessarily always watching the the video element but I think if people can refer back to that and get a visual representation sure I, Joel's shown it me already and it is so impressive like mm. what they've created for that for that excavation we can I can totally see the the, the advantage and Joel I guess from your perspective or the company, like where's the best place for people to reach out to you for um, kind of follow up, maybe questions, conversation, maybe they want to kind of talk to you about maybe a AR experience for their event. Yeah. Um, you can um, find us on all social, very active on Instagram. Um, our handles at take charge SOS. Uh, and then you also uh, find me in the company on, on LinkedIn. Uh, we're also quite active on there. Those are sort of the two platforms that we that we like to live in, uh, and of course my my email and our website, <laughs> which I'm sure you'll link to, right? Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely, mate. Yeah. Joel, thank you very much. Um, I'd love to get back to you on on a future episode, maybe in the next season. See what you guys have been up to. See what other interesting developments have been in the AR world, and specifically from the event space. For anybody watching or listening to this episode, please share, please give it a like, please rate us on the podcast. It really does help uh, kind of share the content. And if you think you've got something interesting and you want to be a guest, or you've got some interesting event tech, or you want to be a guest and talking about kind of the future of event tech and what it means for our space, reach out to me. I'm also on Twitter at Punchdown Parry. You can find me on LinkedIn, Adam Parry. Um, super easy thanks again joel and for everybody that's tuning in thanks for listening right to the end definitely thanks for having me on Adam.